The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Welcome to the, the Big power. Footy Podcast sixth season, brought to you by Port Fan Radio Network and proudly sponsored by Les local SA company New Vision, assisting everyday South Aussies with their financial goals and dreams. We have a big show to cover off tonight, and firstly I'd like to thank everyone uh, for supporting the show for the first five seasons. Macca and I have uh, really enjoyed it, and also the biggest contributor to this podcast, Macca. Uh, what a true legend, what a massive great port supporter he is, passionate port supporter, and I wait with open arms for his return one day soon this season. Uh, however, I'd just like to recognise his contribution will never be forgotten by myself, and I'm positive everyone who has listened to the show is grateful for everything that uh, he does for all things Port Adelaide. Uh, tonight we've got two uh, guest hosts in the chair with me uh, to talk about Port Adelaide. Um, and the first host I'd like to introduce is Big Crazy Owl, or Crazy Big Owl, Alastair Clarkson. Owl, how you going, mate? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. It's not Clarkson, but he coaches the Hawks, but no worries, it's... Good, good try, but that's okay. Does right. not matter. Does not matter. I'm doing maybe, well, mate. Doing maybe, well. Glad to be on. Maybe Carlton Draft. Is that better? Yeah, that's all right. That's fine. Awesome. <laughs> and the other guest that we have on tonight is another Port Adelaide legend, even though Benny won't say that, is Benny D, who is the manager of memberships from PAFC. Ben, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, look forward to, you know, well, the next half hour, however long, however long we're here for. So it'll be good. Absolutely. Hey, just um, quickly, how do I pronounce your last name, Ben? Uh, Demertsis. Demertsis? Awesome. Now yep, I, now spot now on. Say it for next time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get the show rocking and let's, uh, let's get into all things Port Adelaide. And there's actually been quite a lot to talk about over the last uh, last week or two anyway, as this is our first um, first show for the year. Um, first and foremost, I guess, and the most popular topic has been the member con- convention. I guess, uh, Ben, you probably can share the most with us. I'm, I'm sure you were there. Al and I didn't have tickets, so um, the feedback was that the fans loved it. Um, yep. What was your takeaway? Yeah, exactly that. Um, so far, well, I, have, I honestly haven't spoken to anyone that had anything negative to say about it, which is always really good. Uh, you sort of put yourself out there by, you know, doing what we did. Um, we know that, you know, to all, for most of last year, despite the fact that we were pretty much in the eight most of the year and and we thought internally that, you know, our footy on field had improved quite a bit, that our our members and supporters were not as engaged as they had in the past few years, um, even in the years before when we were when we actually didn't even look like making the eight. Um, you know, our, our engagement levels dropped off and um, we thought we had to improve it. We had a, a, a few focus groups with members and had a chat with them about, you know, what was bothering them, not just, you know, on field, but they spoke about what was bothering them off field um, and it was just a... You know, perhaps the club has stopped our level of engagement. It dropped off basically, and one of our board of directors 
Kevin Osborne. Um, he spends a bit of time travelling around. He's a bit of a sports nut. And he went, I think it was the Chicago Cubs. He was over in in the US and went along to one of their sort of conventions, which are, while ours was fantastic, theirs are out of this world. Like They've been doing them for 20 years. So they go over a whole weekend and, you know, have a couple thousand people there and stuff. And, you know, and he sort of brought the idea back to us. And to be honest, we were all for it. Um, usually... Yeah, well, we wanted to do this sort of stuff anyway. So to have the board's backing and almost it was, you know, their idea, it was fantastic. So it's not very often that um, members and supporters get that level of information that they were given on Saturday. Um, it probably uh, just shows, like, how much goes into a game of footy, um, you know, and, and teaching our guys to make sure they get the absolute best out of themselves. But, um yeah, like I said, on the day, I was blown away myself. Like, I guess I'm a little fortunate that I work here at the footy club and see a bit of that stuff. But to see it all like that under, you know, nine or ten different sessions and guest speakers was, you know, it was amazing. And um, like I said, yeah, I don't think anyone walked away disappointed. What did you think of the concept, Al, as a supporter? Um, did you like it? Did you think it was innovative? I thought it was fantastic because at the end of the day, all of these people and all of these keyboard warriors and I'm one of these keyboard warriors that go on big footy and all these other things have always got something to say. And so, but we don't really understand about the dynamics of the club and what they're trying to achieve because there are KPIs that the, the, the clubs have internally and we've got no visibility of that. So we're trying to, I suppose, um, mark um, the club against our values, but we don't understand what their values and their key performance indicators like. At the end of the day, we want to win premierships and that's it. But at the end of the day, there's only one club that does win the premiership every year. So, um, like, there's got to be other things that we have to, like, uh, I suppose, um, test ourselves against. And we don't understand how the club tests themselves against those indicators. And so to have something like this where they're being transparent with us, telling us how they're trying to go about achieving the outcome of um, of basically winning that premiership, and um, but also like it's off-field stuff with the community stuff, but just that whole thing of like lifting the veil is a fantastic concept, and like it engages fans, and like from what I hear, there were 750 people there the other day, and like I know that there are going to be probably thousands wanting to do it and they may have to expand it from where they're sitting at the moment, sitting on plastic seats and uh, guys getting hemorrhoids, but like, because apparently the seats were uncomfortable, Ben, but that's <laughs> the only gripe that I heard about the whole thing. Um, yeah, but, well, um, Mr. Phil Swanson, but that's okay. Um, but anyway, it, it, it doesn't matter. But as a general rule, it's fantastic. And so, therefore, it's going to expand and the club's going to get better at it and more seasoned at it and get feedback on what else it can incorporate into the event. But I can only see bigger and better things. I reckon it's a great concept and uh, something the club should be very proud of. Yeah, awesome. It sort of um, leads – there's a question I was going to ask you later, but I think um – uh, ben, I'll just ask it to you now because it's sort of uh, yes. the engagement aspect comes into it. Is um, Mackel uh, sort of had a statement despite being around the top four all year, we saw our attendances drop again in 2017. Are we confident we can go back to growing our attendances uh, in 2018? And do you think doing activities like this is one of the pathways to do that? Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, we're, we're confident that, like, I think even though our crowds dropped. I mean, I don't, I don't at all. We don't make excuses, but we certainly have to be aware 
of the environment that we're playing in. Um, off the top of my head, like I definitely knew this and and had this information, but just from memory, Richmond and Richmond were the only club last year that actually had increased in t- attendance. Um, not even the Crows did. So, and you know, and they. Adelaide were pretty much number one or two all year long, and they've got to Adelaide do pretty well with their crowds, despite the fact we don't like them. They do; they they always have. Um, so we're like, well, not we're not brushing it aside under the rug and going, oh well, it's just an industry thing, and you know, because we always we want to be better than that. But we're also mindful that it was it is a factor. Um, but we're pretty confident that it will increase again. Um, I mean, I can I can tell you guys that we've already got more eleven game members than we did this time last year and we're still six weeks out from round one. So, you know, that that's where the key drivers in attendance from terms of members come from is if you've got a lot of 11 game members, that's, that's just the bulk of your membership you know, on, on a game day, you know, them rocking up is make what makes up the bulk of the crowd. So we're confident that that will have, it will have a flow on effect. Um, and then there's just other things, I guess, form as well can, can you know has an impact on that, but we we're we're pretty much focused. Like my job is to focus on our members, and and you know we've done a pretty good job. We're just under fifty four thousand members at the moment. Um, we've got more eleven game members than we did last year, which will translate into bigger crowds. Um, so we're yeah, like we're we're aware and we're wary of crowds dropping off, but we're confident that you know we'll be we'll be above forty well above forty thousand average again, which is which is pretty good, really, when you think about where we've come from, and you know. So, like I said, yeah, we'll be above forty thousand again, and very confident of that. I guess sometimes the uh, expectations can work against us, you know. Especially, and this season is going to be a big challenge because a lot of pressure yeah. is going to be on the <clears throat> footy team uh, with the, you know, rumours or innuendo that we're a top two side with the recruiting that we've done, which makes it. Hard for the members, I guess, um, because uh, you know if we're not tracking as well as what the media expects us to track, I guess uh, that can cause potential um, deflated expectations. Yeah, well, that to be honest, like I think you hit the nail on the head with expectation. After you know 2014, you know it was a pretty good year. I mean, like we expect to win premierships. So I don't need to tell you guys that, but you know we made a prelim and we pushed the eventual premiers to the brink. So, and then, you know, we recruited well in that off-season and everyone thought that, you know, well, externally, like, sort of similar expectation to now, that in 15, we, 2015, we were going to be really good, um, didn't eventuate. We thought it was a bit, a bit of a blip. 2016, we were pretty similar to 2015. So I think that that also hurt us last year. So, you know, when you people expected more than what we were delivering for two years and then it sort of, I guess, get a bit frustrated by it. And but no, but you're right. This year, expectations high, but you know that. What are we here for, though? Like we're here to win, so that's fine. We're, no one at the club backs away from that. Like everything we do in my team, in membership, or across the club, it's all about. You know, we have to play our part to to help us win premierships. So we embrace any any sort of challenge that comes our way. If the expectation externally is great, I can. I can tell you that internally, like we're like <laughs> we probably like we're up for it. Like I know, like I, you know, probably have more influence over the membership team than I do other areas of the club. But we're like we're all about being the best we can in everything, and that that is what it's like across the whole club. So, um, 
yeah, we're, we're looking to have more break the record for membership again this year, which will then in turn increase crowd numbers. And, and yeah, like I said, you mentioned expectation across the club is high out, outside as well, but we just embrace that. That's part of being at an AFL footy club and part of being Port Adelaide. No, that's great, Ben. Like, I'm listening to what you've got to say and, like, your membership team has been fantastic. Like, um, personally, I haven't renewed my interstate membership yet and your team called me and I'm like, I'm not renewing because there is a potential chance in the next few weeks that I may be coming back to Adelaide and I'll be an 11-game member if I can. So, oh, like, awesome. I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not, not wanting to do it because I get my kids' memberships and everything like that every year. But um, I wanted to hold off on that. and like, But it was yeah. just great to get that kind of reminder phone call saying, are you going to be renewing your membership? There's going to be a game in Sydney in round two. We want to make sure you don't miss out on a ticket. And they're the types of things that make you think, yeah, I'm, I'm valued within uh, the club. So, like, it was something that I... I was sorry to not renew right then and there, but um, it was more just because of my current circumstances. So I think it was great, and the, the guys are really professional when they do calls. So, now, well, that's good to hear. Like we, like the, the hard what, what we teach our guys as well. Like it's not it's not a sale; it's a service. So we're calling you out because we know that you love the club. You know, people people have busy lives. They can, you know, well, sometimes people just forget to renew or they might have lost their renewal notice or a whole factor of reasons or they just, it's times an issue. So we just don't want you to miss out. And, you know, like I, like I said, round two, we're playing in Sydney. Um, you know, we know that you go to all those games and, you know, last year was pretty special in Sydney. So we're hoping to back that up again. And so, no, it was good to hear. Like I did, um, I saw your name on the list and, I said, yeah, no, Al, Al will definitely renew. It's just a matter of when. So it's good to hear you might be back in Adelaide, though. That's awesome. Yeah, because I've only, like, to be honest with you, I've only been to Adelaide Oval for a game once, and that was the opening of Adelaide Oval when I was able to, lucky enough to get down into the locker room. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's the only time I've been to Adelaide Oval. And so this year, if I don't move back, I'll at least be coming twice uh, to watch the boys, But uh, and I'll probably go to Melbourne as well. So, But it was just like, I'm not going to sit there and renew unless I can renew my interstate membership and then get upgraded to an 11-game membership. If I do move back, I'm happy to do that. I'm just, like, trying to work it out. I can talk to you offline about that. but um, Yeah. Oh, well, you can do that. That's not a problem anyway. Good, so, good, good idea, Al. I don't know if the fans will want to be listening to uh, your love for Ben for too long. <laughs> I apologise. Hey, um, I'm sorry. The feedback, no, you're right. The, feed, the feedback was the line coaches were especially interesting. Uh, I think Lady um, uh, was a, a big hit and uh, and Vossi as well. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, apparently the, the footage of the, the midfield setup and how they structure uh, was of real interest to the supporters. And um, and also the analytics and going into the detail of the analytics. Uh, Phil suggested to me that it was a bit mind-boggling for him, but he did love it. And uh, Marchie just wants to say uh, you do a great job, and he really appreciates the effort. And uh, and Mac is a big fan of you as well. Did you did you were you able to sit in with the coaches, and did you get a bit of a takeaway from that? Yeah, well, I watched. I, I was able to watch the whole thing. Um, and they're right. It they were outstanding, and the, particularly the guys I always mentioned. Like I don't. Like one of the things that that just struck me really well was how how well they all spoke, like public speaking. Like not all of them necessarily have to do that. Like that's not part of what you would think would need to be their strengths, like speaking in front of 750 people like that. But they were outstanding. Um, 
yeah, Brendan Laid was really good. He brings a bit of humour to the place. I'm not sure how well anyone knows Brendan, but he's from Kangaroo Island, a bit of a country lad. And um, But very, very informative. He spoke about how modern forward setups are, which was probably what, between him and Michael Voss, where the most interests were. Um, because... Like I'm not, I'm not the expert in it, but I think we all, when we all played footy, or when we used to watch footy when we were kids, you know, there were six forwards, six mids, six defenders, and and sort of Brendan had the tricky questions of trying to explain, you know, why do when we go forward, there's not always a forward in the goal square leading up to you, and and that sort of stuff, and he explained it really, really well. Like I, I he did it in a way that it's obviously not easy, but he explained it in a way that I think everyone understood it, and which was outstanding. Um, Michael Voss started off um, with a little bit of a agony and ecstasy story. He um, he showed the footage of the Paddy Ryder to Robbie Gray tap and goal against St Kilda, and then he showed the final play of the game, the ruck setup where uh, we gave away a free kick and Luke Shuey kicked the goal, um, and he you know. He said, obviously, from an outsider, you look at it and you see it's this moment of brilliance from Robbie Gray. But, you know, he spoke about all the setups were right. And that's what is the most pleasing thing. He said, yeah, it still takes a bit of brilliance from Rob. But, you know, he he, he mentioned how he noticed that Brad Ebert ran towards a certain direction to clear a bit of room. Co Amon freed up some space. Our forwards pushed up to create a bit more of a hole and that sort of thing. And he actually mentioned it against... Um, West, and then, you know, everything came together. We kicked the goal and we won a very important game. And then he spoke about and showed the setup against West Coast. And ironically, the only person that was in the right position was Jared Polek. And it was the guy that gave away the free kicks. So he just sort of pointed out the differences. And they're only small differences, but they are the differences between winning and losing. And, you know, unfortunately, we were at the wrong end against West Coast. But, yeah, so I think they, they're all impressive. It's really hard to split anyone. Like, I reckon... After each speaker, everyone was going, "Oh yeah, he was my favourite." Oh yeah, he was my favourite. He was my favourite. They were all, they were all outstanding, um, and all brought something different. The analytics stuff is, um, they did, they didn't even scratch the surface of what could be shown because it is very complex. But I think the message that we all took out of it, and Maddie Nix mentioned it, is that it's not all run on data and all run on analytics. But the good thing about analytics and getting the right data and information, it doesn't have any bias. So, um, you know, said so it's just another, it's almost like another um, chair in the room at selection table. So, you know, so there isn't, because whether you like it or not, real human and someone may have a slight bias towards someone, but the numbers don't lie. They tell a story and, and that's what he said. They're just almost like another, another selector. So yeah, the line coach is a great, the analytic stuff was amazing. And, um, I guess the hardest part of it all is is <laughs> is how complicated it is, but also how simple they need to make it. And I think that was is what was fairly impressive about everyone. And that's what I particularly liked about Brendan Lay's presentation. He actually walked along in amongst the crowd and spoke to him and got the interaction and you know asked people questions and they answered him. And yeah, it was fantastic. But like I said, yeah, all of them were awesome. It'll be very interesting to see where the concept goes over the next few years and. Uh... Yeah, I have to check out the uh, the Chicago one and see how it goes. And uh, yeah, you better make a note that 
Uncle Phil would like you to arrange recliners for all the members next year. I just want to move on to the family day. What an awesome uh, experience it was. We had cracking weather. Uh, you know, we didn't mm. have those 40 degree days, so that sort of helped us a little bit as well. But um, great atmosphere, big crowds um, was there. The stands were full. I, I was really happy. I'll, um, I'll just summarise what I saw um, and then uh, get your your opinion and uh, Al, what you're, what you're hoping for out of some of these players. I thought SPP had an amazing uh, start to the game and he was strong at the ball and uh, he wasn't letting anyone get in his way and I think he's going to be a very influential player and I'm, I'll be surprised if he suffers the second year blues. Um, uh, Marshall uh, stood out, uh, especially against experienced defender Jonas, took a couple of good grabs, kicked a goal in the second quarter. Uh, I thought Houston uh, played another strong game. Um, Nick Fox started pumping beers into me, which made it very difficult to try and work out who was who after about the third beer. And, um, yeah, so I guess from you guys, I guess especially you, Ben, because you were there, um, any of the new recruits or uh, draftees surprised you or any of the fans that you spoke to? And, and what was your takeaway from the game? Um, well, I can probably only give second-hand knowledge. I, I didn't get to watch very much at all. Um, just pretty much because we, we had our membership marquee set up and we had another membership stand. So I was sort of between the two of them. But I did I did see the mark, one of the contested marks you were talking about from Todd Marshall on Tommy Jonas, which was which was a good sign. And I couldn't help but notice Sam Power Pepper because he shaved his head and it's and it's very white on top. So, um, but yeah, I, I think everyone was. I, I think you probably gave a really good summary, Rick. I like, but like I said, I didn't see. I saw very, very limited um, parts of the game, so I, I, I can't really give much of an insight at all. Sorry. Mm-hmm. What about you, Al? Did you follow the social media presence and uh, see if any of the fans were following anyone that you like as well? Well, um, I did follow the social media, and you you have kind of summed it up pretty well, and I had a look, bit of look on uh, Big Footy and got some people's uh, opinions on it. But I suppose... What I wanted to ask Ben, and uh, you probably have a bit more of an insight, was who from the group that we have this year, like, um, are you thinking they're going to be, like, will really surprise us? Because, like, there's some people that have come on board, like um, Jack Trengove, like, he's come on board, and people don't have that much expectation. They think, oh, we're just, like, uh, he's come in and he'll, he'll be a good character person uh, for the Magpies. And I'm like, well, he was a pick two in the draft. If I recall rightly, Port tried to trade uh, picks eight and nine, which were John Butcher and Andrew Moore picks, like those picks in those draft, to get up and get pick two because they were really red hot on him. And, like, if we've got our good, um, like, uh, um, strength and conditioning guys, um, we might be able to get him right and he might actually be able to contribute significantly for the club. So I was just wondering what your views are on the, the group and who would surprise us this year, Ben. Um, good question. On Jack, Chen, Jack Trengove, um, or on any of them really, all we can see, like, none of them are here to play SNFL footy. Uh, that's not why they wanted to come to Port Adelaide. So um, Jack Trengove... Uh, like I, he's an outstanding character. Like you've already mentioned that, and um, they all want to play AFL. I, I'm probably not, I'm probably not the best person to ask on who's going to have the biggest impact. But just like I go and watch a little bit of training, and you, like Jack in particular, you can't help but be impressed with his. Just watching him train, his leadership qualities, his voice, and all that sort of stuff. 
is outstanding. Um, training can be hard to tell though, now, like because you don't. Like they all hit their targets. They all tackle well. They all run well. Um, and but in terms of like Jack's attitude, like doesn't look like it's faultless. Like he he just wants to make every turn a winner. And um, yeah, I I mean I don't know, but um, he he looks like a ripper. And like you said, he was picked two once, so he obviously can play. So you know, from our point of view, I guess we're just hoping we get we you know we get to see that. Um, but. Like I said, we've recruited really well. Um, I think we've got 11 new players, you know, between six of them, there's a lot of experience there and they all want to play. So it'd be interesting times being a select to come round one because I think we're all pretty fit as well. We lost, we lost that, um, a little bit of depth last year with our trading. Um, you know, the players you know, weren't getting that much opportunity and I guess we're looking for opportunity. So I, I'd imagine a few injuries and if Jack isn't in the starting team round one, I'd, I would imagine there might be an opportunity as the season goes on and uh, same for uh, Mackenzie as well. And, uh, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be tough for spots if everyone's fit and firing come round one, though. There's a lot of form players and uh, I guess some people are a bit critical of the skills as they are every year, but it is a trial game and we need to be patient um, and just let the skills take care of themselves, which... Uh, which sort of um, leads into the next game. What are your guys' opinions on AFL-X? It seems to be very polarising. The traditionalists don't like it. I don't mind it. It's a it's a concept to trial. Um, what do you guys think? Are you excited by this version of the game as a trial? Oh, I am, actually. I, I went to... I had to go to Highmarsh Stadium last week on... Oh, I don't know what day it was. Tuesday, Wednesday. It's irrelevant anyway. But to meet with the AFL about you know, fan activations and stuff and like what we're going to do there. And the moment I walked in, the goalposts were up. You walk straight in and it feels like you're on top of the ground. So that I, I got excited from being there. Um, so yeah, like just seeing the goalposts up, how close you're going to get to the ground. would be really cool. I'm interested to see how it'll go. Um, yeah, it's a new concept and it's a little bit different. Um, but we, we released our team today. So I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I don't know if you guys have it there in front of you, but we got, so Rob, Rob's captain, so Robbie's playing. Um, both the recruits you mentioned before, both Jacks are playing. So Jack Trangove, Jack Watts, uh, Trent McKenzie's playing, Jasper Pidar's playing, pretty sure Dan Houston's playing. So we've got, we got some pretty, like, some experience in there. There's a few of the younger guys, like I think Dom Barry from the draftees that just come in. So, look, I, I don't know about you guys, I just love footy. And I love watching footy. Um, it's obviously going to be slightly different, but I'm intrigued to see how it works. So I I, I actually am excited, but I, I can't wait for it all to start. Obviously, we love our, you know, normal footy better, but who knows, this, this could be something else. So I, I, I personally am very interested to see how it will go. And I think um, watching at Highmarsh Stadium, it's, it's a pretty intimate little stadium. So like I said, when I walked in last week, I was with Daniel Norton as well, um, and we both actually got quite excited by it. How cl- how close you are to the action, which I think will just add another dimension to it. So, yeah, hoping for a good turnout, and yeah, I am interested. Like for, yeah, for me, um, like when I look at this AFLX, I think of twenty twenty cricket, and like the, the, just the concept. Like I was a cricket purist. I'm like test matches, one days we can't get this done. Like you can't play a game of cricket in twenty overs. 
And like, let's be honest, like it's taken over the world in in cricketing world, and like 2020, the Big Bash, it's a really big concept now. And like, when people first like um like kind of um, presented the option to it to uh, people that watch cricket, didn't like it, and now they love it. So I'm saying that like, yes, it's something different. Um, Let's just give it an opportunity. It's footy. You're still playing footy. It's going to be a fast game that probably sits well with the type of style that we play as Port Adelaide. So, like, I'm open to it. Um, I'd love to go and watch it just to see what it's like and what the different rules are and how it's officiated, etc. So, like, I think it's great as a, as a new concept and just be open to it because at the end of the day, it's just more footy and there's nothing wrong with that. I reckon you made a really good point, Al, with the cricket side of things. Like, I remember as a kid, um, I liked messing around playing cricket in the backyard, but I actually hated test match cricket because I found it too long. My dad took me to a one-dayer. There was no 2020 at the time, but my dad took me to a one-dayer, and I actually fell in love with cricket then And because it was a shorter version of the game. It was over a lot quicker than test matches. Um, and But now, like, I'm a bit more like you said. I'm a purist. I love test match cricket better. So it... For some people, it's an introduction. Like I, like I've got two little girls um, who can't sit still at the footy for three hours. So, but I want them to enjoy it. So, AFLX is just a chance they can come and do it. Like Ella, my eldest, is going to play footy this year. She's going to play on a modified ground with modified rules anyway. So, it's probably like it. It's a shorter version. Kids will hopefully love it. And then that's not to say that that's all they're going to love. To me, it's a stepping stone into into the real stuff. So, and that's how, that, and that was a bit of an evolution that I had personally with cricket. So like, I'm going to bring my girls on, on Thursday. They're pretty interested. You know, they, like I said, they lose interest at a, at a whole game at the moment, which is a bit disappointing, but they're young. That's what happens. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully we see a pretty good crowd there and a pretty good Port Adelaide turnout as well. Look, if we don't try different things, uh, as a business, as a sport, um, you know, we miss opportunities, and, and that's all it is. And if, if we're worried about injuries, well, players can get injured at training, they can get injured in trial games, they can get in, injured in pre-season games. Uh, I think injuries are, is sort of a redundant argument. But the very quickly, the 19-man the squad was Robbie Gray, captain, Trent McKenzie, Todd Marshall, Anon, Cleary, Tumplers, Trengove, Watts, Farrell, Bonner, Garner, Pittard, Howard, Patmore, Leonard, Barry, Houston, Hewitt, and Sam Gray. So a bit of mixture of experience and youth. Um, and, yeah, I, I was interested that Robbie Gray's playing. I thought they might have sort of nursed him through the pre-season, you know, after his uh, his medical issues that he sort of worked his way through. But it's um, it's great to see him out there and, and hopefully he enjoys it and has a big influence. Yeah, I think Rob's, Rob's raring to go, I reckon, because he, he didn't play in the trial on the weekend. He had a weekend off. So oh, I haven't spoken to him, but I would imagine, yeah, with everything that happened over the summer... He's been training really well, and he'd just be raring to get into it. Yeah. All righty. And the other topic that's come up this week was the leadership group. I'll be interested to hear what you guys think. Uh, Travis Boak, uh, sixth year as captain. Uh, he's been a very strong leader for us. Ollie is vice-captain. And what was interesting is his interview where he basically said, you need a reason to move, and he doesn't really feel like he has a reason to, to move. And then you, you sort of had an, an article written on SEN basically saying Ollie's good to stay, and then we've got Double A suggesting 
Robbie's good to go. A uh, bit, bit tricky. Don't understand that one. And uh, But Dicko and Rockcliffe uh, into the leadership group. Uh, I think great recognition for Dixon. And I guess Rockcliffe's already shown that he's a, a good leader at the club. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty biased. I, I, I love all our guys. Um, but Trav's pretty special. I think with what I, I haven't heard, I don't, to be honest, guys, I don't listen to a lot of the 5AA stuff or SEN and that. I, I'm i not disrespecting anyone, but I, I just don't because I think they, I don't think they know. So I'll just leave it there, I guess. I don't want to get in trouble. But um, why wouldn't Trav be captain? Like he's, he's outstanding. He's an outstanding leader around the club. Um, he still had an input, has those influence on the field. But just around around the club, Trav's, Trav's captain and, and everyone loves him. He's got the respect of the whole club. I'm not saying Ollie or anyone else doesn't, but um, Trav's does an outstanding job in, in every in every aspect imaginable. And I don't think anyone was any in any rush for him not to be captain. So I think it's a pretty good appointment. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but personally, I just love Charlie. So I'm I'm so wrapped that he's in the in the leadership group. I, the way I just sort of see it, like if I was playing footy and I was sitting in the little in a forward pocket because I probably couldn't run or anything, I'd <laughs> I'd like being I'd like Charlie playing alongside me. I reckon he just looks like someone who has a lot of fun when he's playing footy, but also he's just like he's just a big presence on the field. And yeah, good luck to him. Um, Tommy Rockcliffe, well, he was captain of Brisbane before. He's obviously got leadership qualities, so um, had a big impact on the group. Like the group basically votes for all of this, so you know they know they know who who the, who the guys are that stand out at training, who stand out behind the scenes. And and Rockcliffe, like he's not a little kid, like he's 27 years old. He's, I mean, I those sorts of things you just got to trust the guys that make the decisions. They know what they're doing, and I I do 100. percent I think it's great that, um, like people like um, like Tommy Rockcliffe, he's bringing some qualities to that. They deal with them inside, like they're they're working with them every day, so they know the types of people that they want to lead them. Like you, you work with someone every day, um, day in day out. You're going to understand and know who you want to follow, and if they've chosen those guys now. I've got a bit of a view that I'm not sure that leadership groups, they get a bit big. Like, you can see some of them are up to 8, 9, 10. Like, I probably would have probably five personally. But if there are outstanding leaders that you want to put in there and you want to make be making decisions for the group um, and leading them, moving them forward, led by Trav, like, fill your boots. But I just think that sometimes there's too many, I don't know, leaders, like, and so I just don't want it to go too crazy. But if the group, I don't think it's too, I think it's, is it six or seven? So, um, uh, I think it's seven. Yeah. I, think yeah. It's seven. I wouldn't want, that would probably be the maximum that I'd want to go, but, uh, let's see how it goes. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with having, um, good leaders in your club. So, um, I'm happy with, um, w- w- with the group as it is. Well, I think the key with Travis is that he's a role player now. He uh, and he does. He sacrifices his game when he needs to, and uh, he plays his role for the team. and And therefore, uh, you know, that means he's not maybe getting thirty possessions every game, uh, but he doesn't need to. And I guess that's what a captain is: sacrifices their game uh, for the betterment of the team. And uh, look, Ollie's Ollie. If he's going to be the next captain, uh, and I imagine he'll be a great captain, his time will come very soon. And uh, and I don't think it would hurt him 
you know, another year or even two if Blokes form continues. Um, what I had is some questions. So we had some, I've got some general questions here. Uh, Power Girl from Bigfooty asked, and I guess on football, do people think we'll be any different to the last two years? And if so, why? Performance-wise. What do you reckon, Ben? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I think we will. Um, and I'll, I'll just talk about some things that were discussed at the member convention. So what was extremely obvious, and I don't – this part I don't think anyone was surprised about um, – Efficiency inside 50 was was the key, and or efficiency into 50 and then conversion. Every single line coach spoke about that, that that was our, our, weak, our weakest area. Last year, um, we'll rank, I think, number one or two in defence and number no, number two in defence and I think number two in attack, but our efficiency in attack was, was letting us down and our goal-kicking efficiency. Um, and we went out and recruited guys that will fix that. So Jack Watts is the best user of the footy, inside 50 so the kick inside 50 so he hits more targets than any other player in the in the competition so that we went out and we address we addressed that particular issue um Stephen Motlock does the same um so just without going into too much detail because I I don't have the detail but it was pretty obvious that the the coaching group identified what the issues were and I think most people thought that anyway like we really if we kicked straight against West Coast we would have won and a few other games this year. So we've gone out and addressed that. And um, they've also, they spoke about some mindfulness training with their goal kicking techniques. And they used Charlie Dixon as an example and said that like, there was an example there where they mentioned, you know, Charlie, when he's having a shot for goal, the first six or seven seconds before, you know, once he takes the mark, the next six or seven seconds are really important to Charlie because he has a lot of self-doubt, they were saying. And, so they've done this training with him where he, he basically he goes through this exact same ritual, he clears his head, and they said at training his results have been heats better. So obviously that, that just needs to translate into the game. But that those sorts of things that I know members and supporters, trust me, I used to read the emails that were coming in, why can't we kick straight? You know, we have so many inside 50s and can't score. All that stuff is being addressed, and I'm super confident that, that just with that one area alone – you know, will be better. I probably like agree um, on that as well, Ben. Like, but also we're a mature group. Like, as in the group is maturing. We've brought in some seasoned players um, into the group, which um, are quite talented and uh, are quite efficient inside fifty, which was our biggest thing. We could get in there, but then we couldn't score. We were always kicking points, etc. So. I suppose there's been a lot of things that have been worked on um, over the off-season. We've recruited well, but also we're just more mature, and I think um, that will then uh, translate in games. And the thing is, is that if it's only, like, say, there's four points that we kicked that then became goals, you think about how many more games if we'd kicked like that over every game we would have won um, over the season. So you just got to look at it in there. I think only... A, like a couple of percent um, more efficient in the forward half and we'll do a lot better. So um, I'm, I'm quite uh, comfortable to say that we'll take the next step this season. Yeah, it's interesting. Chris Judd came out in the media and, and thought that Port might not be the real deal this year because we've had too many changes. But 
Uh, I'm hopeful that we can finish top four. I'd be disappointed if we didn't. And I think the changes that we've made are very, as you pointed out, Ben, are very strong changes. And, um, and they're senior, more mature players. So we haven't brought in like 20, 21-year-olds um, that we're speculating on that are going to be superstars. We're bringing in very, very strong players, which will help the team. And I think they'll gel uh, because of that very quickly. And, uh, you know, I think our recruiters have done a good job. And so, yeah, unless we get some major injuries, uh, I'm, ex I'm hoping, I won't say expecting, I'm hopeful that we will finish top four. And then it's onwards and upwards from there, I guess. Um, Maka asked a couple of questions. I don't know, do we, seeing he's abandoned me and I have abandonment issues now, do we actually read Maka's questions or do we, uh, do we oh, let him go through? This? Yeah, bring it on. Bring him on? Nah, bring it on. <laughs> All right. So Maka wanted to know, what impact do you believe the six experienced recruits will have on port this year? You go, Al, or you want me to? Oh, well, from my perspective, I think that they're going to have a positive influence on the club kind of on the field, as we've spoken about just only um, uh, about how we'll be more efficient um, moving forward because of their skill set, etc. Um, but also I think um, we've brought in significantly uh, like the character will just bring up the level and the professionalism of the group. So um, I think it's just going to, it rounds out the group so much better. So um, I think that we've recruited smartly. I think we've been, um, yeah, the, the way that we recruited by, we knew that this was a poor draft year and we've recruited well by bringing in seasoned players when it was not such a strong draft year and we've like kind of uh, got some more draft picks for next season. Uh, I think it's really going to have an influence on the group and I think um, we should and I'm expecting like you, um, uh, their mate is that uh, we would be pushing for top four. Um, I'd be pretty disappointed if we didn't hit top four this year. I reckon that's a pretty fair assessment. I, I, I pretty much, most of the stuff I see is off-field and around the club. And I mean, because we, do, we, we don't, we, we see how these guys have played in the past and I, you know, they're all good footballers, but they, they're good people that are already having a pos positive influence around the club. They all chose to come to Port Adelaide which is really important, um, and they already love being at our club. So just that alone makes me feel better, even as just even like as a as a supporter like you guys, but also as a as a staff member as well. So um, just the the fact that they chose Port Adelaide, they had they could have gone anywhere they wanted to, but they wanted to come to us. Um, I think is is speaks volumes of the club and. One of the things that they also spoke about at the member convention that every single one of the recruits that we got mentioned that they can't wait to play in front of our crowd at Adelaide Oval. Um, they showed part of the presentation that they showed Jack Watts to get him over the line. And it was all about, well, I mean, parts of it were him kicking the ball to Charlie and all this sort of stuff, but it was to do with the crowd, like never tear us apart. Um, and just the, I guess how, how loud and how vocal our supporters are. They all mentioned about sitting on the other side of the fence. I mean, sitting, you know, being on the opposition side of it and how intimidating it was. And now they can't wait to be a part of it. So like I said, they all want to be at our club, which is, um, I think that's super important. So I'm just looking for, I just can't wait for it to start. I just want to see them in our Guernsey and playing for us. So very quickly, who is your, both of your favourite recruit? Who who you got a soft spot for the most and you want to see successful out of the six? 
<laughs> That's a tough question. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, look, I'll say this. Um, Jess Trangove is my wife's physio, and Jack Trangove sounds like the nicest bloke on the planet that has just had a bit of bad luck with injury, and I'd love I'd love to see him do well. But, uh, I mean, I'm splitting hairs. I want them all to do well and have an impact. So, But um, probably for that alone, I hope Jack goes all right. Al? I suppose, like, for myself, um, I'll probably go down the jack line as well. Just, I, like, when I saw him, like, play for Sturt uh, before he got drafted, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this kid is an absolute jet. I'd love to see him in the Port Adelaide Guernsey, but it was never going to happen when we were so late in, uh, in the draft. So to see him return to um, uh, to Adelaide um, with... Um, not his tail between his legs, just with some bad luck and uh, seeing him get another opportunity at AFL level and with our uh, strength and conditioning and our um, our sports staff being able to basically get him back to playing like he was pre-injury uh, would just nothing bring nothing but a smile to my face. So that, he's probably the one I've got a soft spot for this year and I'm really looking forward to um, hopefully seeing him play uh, for the power. I think there's a couple of... Um good stories with the recruits. I think, you know, Jack Watts was a, has been probably unfairly criticised and much maligned in the media because of his number one pick and, you know, perception that he didn't perform as well. So I think he could be a good story. I think Jack Trengove, as you guys have rightly pointed out, can be a fantastic story. And the smoky for me is Barry. Um, yeah, he's done a fantastic pre-season. He looked good in the in the trial game as well. So it'll be really interesting to see where he, uh, where he keeps pushing himself and... Uh, so I'll be I'll be watching Barry because I'm hoping that Barry could even be potentially a um, a Jarman Impey uh, sort of replacement, and uh, they'll be very strong recruiting if we did. Uh, ben, um, a couple of questions and statements for you. So Portly from Bigfooty um, has uh, asked, "What's it like being on the front line facing supporter discontent?" And Raman also wanted to say sorry for all those cranky emails he sent you last year. So. Have you got a tough job or have you got a pretty cruisy job? Oh, I've got the best job in the world, <laughs> I reckon, for me. I I literally went to uni, university and did a sport and rec degree purely and simply so I could get a job at Port Adelaide. Um, when I when I started the degree, I actually thought I would work in the community development department. I, I had a soft spot for – I used to work with people with disabilities, trying to find them jobs, and I – love all the work that we're doing in the community, but I think I've found my niche in the membership team. Um, I, I love, I, I, I am happy to hear everyone's issues or when they're upset about something. It doesn't like I, to us, it's an opportunity. It might sound cliche, but it's an opportunity to improve. Um, and not only myself, but I think we recruit pretty tough people in the membership team that when our supporters are a bit angry and at times they might, you know, in the heat of the moment, write us a nasty email or, or you know, because they're disappointed in something. Like I, like I always remind them, guys, it's because our supporters are so passionate about the club that, you know, you're not, you're not going to get that sort of passion elsewhere. And, you know, we embrace it. I, like, yeah, I, I personally think I have the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything. So um, in terms of, is it Rahman you said? I'm not quite sure which emails he's talking to. I get a few, but um, there's no need to apologise. Like I, like I said, I embrace it and I, I take it on because I know that um, it'll just, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds cliche or silly, it just spurs us on. Like I, 
I don't want members to be upset and angry, but I know we work in the industry where that will happen and things also happen out of, you know, my team's control, which um, still impacts us. So, you know, on-field stuff, you know, get, can get people frustrated and that. But again, like I said, if if our members weren't, if they didn't care so much, we wouldn't hear that. And we want our, our members to care for us. Like, and, we, and we know they do. Like, I, I love it. So being on the front line is good to answer the question. Um, more than happy to it. More than happy at any time to answer emails, phone calls, meet with people that have issues or just want to have a chat. So, yeah, all, it's all good from me. Um, Matthew asked, how's the season ticket sales looking compared to last year? Yeah, we're ahead of last year um, by a bit. Um, but so our, I'll just give a bit of an insight. Like our um, retention rate for reserve seat memberships around 93%, which is well, we don't have benchmarking yet, but that would pretty much put us at number one in the AFL, which is, you know, that that's a big tick. Um, we've got a tad under 54,000 members, which is ahead of this time last year. And importantly, we're, we've got twice as many new members as we did this time last year, which which is really good. Um, challenge for us always is this last few thousand people that aren't decided yet for one reason or another. Um, we've also changed our membership model a little bit to we actually have more reserve seats available for, for members to, to buy. Um, we, we've, just, we've just tweaked that a little bit, knowing that that there was more demand for it and that people wanted it. So we've just got to make sure that we, you know, do all the right things we do. I mean, like I said, it's not about sales, it's about servicing. So we're, you know, we had some people in the past who dropped off because they couldn't get a reserve seat. So we've got to go and speak to them and, you know, say, hey, well, we've got reserve, more reserve seats available for you guys now. If that's what was holding you back, you know, come back because we can we can solve your problems. So um, there's lots of little, I guess, mini, mini little campaigns that, as you guys are members, well, our, you're in New South Wales, so you're not going to get our our specific comms about, you know, joining as an 11-game member until you move back here. So, um, but it's ticking along well, really confident how it's going, and it, and to answer the question in short, we are ahead of where we were last year. That's awesome. Um, Andre's got a good question. He wanted to know, is the march going to be back to the full march from the mall over the bridge this year, or is it still going to be the uh, abbreviated march? Uh, well, the plan is to start in the mall. Um, that we always, to be honest, the march is a funny one. We always wanted, we never wanted it to change. That first and foremost, but um, we we couldn't meet in the mall at the start of what was like 2017 because there was meant to be tramline works on North Terrace. So we were told we couldn't we couldn't start in the mall and cross North Terrace ever. So we had to start. Adelaide Oval side of North Terrace. So we started on the corner of North Terrace and King William Road and marched down the eastern side of, I think it is, of King William Road. And to be honest, it, it, it lapped it a little bit. Um, but then it, when it became obvious that there was no roadworks on North Terrace, we asked the mall and asked the council and asked the police if we can go back into the mall. So we started in there. But we can't, unfortunately, we can't go over the bridge this year. We'll be going, starting in the mall, turning down King William Road and marching down King William Road. But there's Festival Drive or Festival Plaza, I'm not sure the exact road, is is a construction site. It's 50 foot deep of construction work, so you just can't cross over. So it'll be starting in the mall and then going down King William Road into Adelaide Oval, which is still was still quite successful for the last three or four games last year. 
And I've got a question for you. Um, will the game day village be returning? Uh, I can't. I don't know. Um, I would say there will be a game day village. I'm just not sure exactly where. I I I just don't know myself. Um, the guys on a much um, much more important people than me are working that out. <laughs> it's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah. Tom, no there's no one more important than you, mate. Surely. <laughs> there definitely is. Um, yeah. I thought. Look, if I knew, I'd tell you. That, I don't know. I'm. Look, I'm, there'll be something because we we don't. Like, it's just the way we are at Port LA. We don't sit around and not get stuff done. I don't think so. There'll be something. I just don't know where or when yet. Um, but I think for the last, I was trying off the top of my head, the last three games last year, we had it just on the other side of the bridge out the front of the convention centre. And I, I walked past it a few times and thought it worked quite well. But um, like I, oh, but I'm not sure what it'll be this year. I think everyone wants it at, at the Oval. Everyone loved that. But yeah, there's a few negotiations going on that I don't, I'm not a part of. Awesome. Harold, Harold Oliver wanted to say thanks for your hard work as well. And Uncle Phil Swanson said thanks for getting his membership back when he was evicted for being too awesome that time. <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. But he got evicted I... for taking a beer in. And, um, yeah. He's such a troublemaker. Uh, he is a troublemaker. But uh, tru- Benny sorted him. Good work, Ben. You did well. That's all right. That's okay. I just want to say thanks for, for coming on. We, we've done the hour, so there's no random chip oh, chat. Oh, have we? We have. There's no random chip chat. We weren't, we're not even going to do the new segment. Well, we could probably do the new segment very, very quickly. I thought in the absence of Macker, I wanted to keep a legacy going, and uh, if anyone in the chat room wants to contribute, they can. Um, I, I thought it would could be – it will be just a very quick discussion topic. What would Macker say? And so what would Macker say to this question? And the question is, Houston, Howard and Marshall – some supporters have left them out of their round one side. What do you guys think Macca would say to that? I think that um, Macca would say that uh, Marshall has a place. If Kenny believes that Marshall is going to be the superstar that he kind of alluded to at the members' convention, that if Kenny, in Kenny we trust, and so therefore uh, Marshall plays round one. I <laughs> I don't know what Macca would say, but I reckon all three of them are a good chance. I reckon Macca would say, that is outrageous. <laughs> and, then, and then he would finish with, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Benny, yeah. I just want to say thank you very much for your time. I'll probably see no, you no worries. I'll probably see you around the club soon. Big out. Thanks for coming on for our first show uh, for the year. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I can't make any promises, but I've chatted to... Adam Hartlett, and he might be joining me next week, which will be a, a good coup. And uh, and I'm trying to work on Ali Paddy Carlisle coming on the show in a couple of weeks' time okay. as well. So uh, hopefully we'll get off to a cracking start. So, But I just want to say thank you very much, and uh, we'll speak to you boys soon in throughout the season. No worries. Well, uh, well thanks very much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Ben, thanks. for coming on. Uh, no worries at all. Kick of the ball. Think about going short. He's got Lobie inside 50. Ignores that. Keeps it low. Wingard takes off. Hands it up the boat. The captain sees Westhoff. He's in the square. He doesn't need him. Getting a little hot in here. 